welcome to a new episode of Never Seen, the podcast where we watch the films missing from our filmographies, those glaring gaps in our film education, the classic or immortal movie movies. Oh, fuck my life. <laughs> you got so far. I did. Do you know what part of me was thinking? I think I said podcast weird. And I kept thinking it. And then, <laughs> and then you couldn't say other words. No. Well, that's, well, you know, it's okay because when you came in and went, hello, you scared the shit out of me. I only <laughs> on my I'm going to do it again. So, you know, right. gird your loins. Here we go. <laughs> Put your tea down. You can't say loins to me. <laughs> Never Seen, the podcast where we watch the films missing from our filmographies, those glaring gaps in our film education, the classic or immortal movies people are shocked you've never seen. My name is Jenny, I'm your host, and with me as ever and forever are my lovely, lovely friends, the gorgeous Stacey. Oh, cheers, Bab. Hello, everyone. <laughs> and the ever-handsome Lee. Hello. Hey, we're all together again for another one. Oh, this is going to be, I think... A somewhat fun one, I hope. <laughs> the, I optimism. <laughs> the optimism. It's been jinxed, this one has, oh, really. The amount of times we've uh, either not done it or one rescheduled of us, One it. of us, and it, def- it definitely wasn't me. Do not put, it wasn't me. Didn't watch the movie for the time that we were supposed <laughs> to be. It wasn't me. It definitely, definitely, I, would I ever? Absolutely would you? not. Couldn't be me. Couldn't could, be me. Could not be you that message like, I completely forgot we were going to record tomorrow and I haven't watched the movie. It absolutely wasn't Stace. No. Honest. no. Well, but even before that. I did. We were, we were supposed it. to yeah. get early in the in a recording schedule two or three or something like that yeah yeah we were and i was like um i'm not really feeling it can we do this one instead and we're like yeah sure <laughs> but here we are we should know the title but i'm going to say it again for us all in case we've forgotten because it was my choice and for this episode we watched one flew over the cuckoo's nest from 1975 and it was a film <laughs> <laughs> it was a film I had never seen. I don't really have any reasons for why I'd never seen it. I do. I think the reason was that I was never bothered to actually see it. <laughs> but I knew that it was a classic, a classic film that everyone says you should see at least once. And I have at least once now seen it. So that's good. But let's do some details and then I'll dig in a little bit more with you both about it. So, as I say, it was released in 1975. Directed by Milos. I want to say Milos. 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 Okay. Milos Foreman. Uh, The screenplay by Lawrence Hoban and Bo Goldman, based on a novel by Ken Kesey. 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 Cinematography was Haskell Wexler and Bill Butler. And the cast, quite a cast, actually. Now, I knew it was a Jack Nicholson film, Mm -hmm. of course. Great Jack. I love Jack Nicholson. Uh, he played R.P. Murphy, our lead. Louise Fletcher as Nurse Mildred Ratched. I always thought it was Ratchet, but it's not. It's Ratched. Ratched, yeah. D, with a D. Danny DeVito as Martini. Christopher Lloyd as Tabor. William Redfield as Harding. Sidney Lassick as Cheswick, or Cheswick, I suppose. 
Uh, Will Sampson as Chief Bromden. Uh, Vincent Chevalli, I think that's pronounced that way, as Fredrickson. Yeah. Brad Dorif as Billy Bibbit. And I love this guy, Scatman Crothers as Turkle. Lots yeah. of other uh, bit parts in this as well, character roles. Um, IMDb it, folks, because there's an awful lot of people, but these are perhaps some of the cool ones that stood out the most for me. Uh, the BFI says that it's considered one of the greatest films made and a classic of 1970s cinema. I don't necessarily disagree with that. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm getting my spider senses tingling. <laughs> the thing is, I put it on, right? I had mm-hmm. such anticipation and perhaps a, a high bar for this film. Yeah. Yeah. And it didn't quite meet my expectations or my bar. Okay. And I just, like, it's not a bad film. It's not badly made. It's not badly acted. In fact, all of those things are super, really great. I just could not connect with it or particularly care about it. Mm. <laughs> so, that was the possible problem of it. Like, mm-hmm. I think Jack Nicholson's performance in it is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't feel I'm meant to like his character because his character is, albeit an asshole. Although, and spoilers, guys, because obviously this is a 1975 movie and hopefully most people have seen it. If not, go watch it, come back and see what we're talking about. But the ending, obviously, for Jack Nicholson in this film is a bit of a shock. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite disgusting, really. But overall, I don't think I would have been bothered for the rest of my life if I hadn't seen this film. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Now, before I let Lee Put that loose, on the poster. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the soundbite for this episode, I suppose. <laughs> but before I let before I let Lee loose. Um, because I, I feel I might have updating. <laughs> Stace. I'm just running up, please. <laughs> yes. What, what is your history and, and such with this particular film? So this movie is a truly baffling one in the history of Stace because it's one of those that sort of permeated my consciousness in a way that I was very aware of it existing, but I somehow seemed to know almost nothing about it to the point that mm. when I put the film on, I was like, is that Danny DeVito? Me I lost too. my mind. And then I went, is that Christopher Lloyd? Yes. And lost my mind again. Um, so, like, literally, I think the only things I knew about this was it's in an institution and Jack Nicholson is there. Yeah, that's all <laughs> I knew. Um, yeah, so, like, I had... The same as you, I had quite high expectations of it, but thankfully um, my hubby tempered my expectations somewhat because I watched this on my own on Saturday evening while my husband was in London at a gig. Uh, I want to say it was Blur that time. Or was it Pulp? Mm. One of the two. He's seen both of them within a week of each other in London. Um, And he, before we left, before he left in the morning, he was like, oh, you're going to watch Cuckoo's Nest today? And I said, yeah. And he said, yeah. this is uh, just, uh, just, 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 oh, I don't think he'll like it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, can you explain but without spoilers? And he was like, mm, oh, I just don't think it's a space film. And I was like, right, again, that's, 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 I don't know what that means. Because as we've ascertained from doing this podcast, my taste in movies is, is fucking bizarre. Random. Yeah, yeah, random, yeah. Like, cannot explain to you for why I like some movies and don't like other ones. Um, it does feel like sometimes like you just throw a, 
a dart in a board. <laughs> just pull an opinion like, out of a hat. Yeah. And I'm I like, mean, this one's mine. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, sometimes your taste in films is like the shuffle play of an iPod. It, tr- you yeah, it truly, you, know? you just never know what I'm going to say next. No. Um, <laughs> so I, so yeah, so I put it on with a little bit of trepidation. And, um, and I've got to say, I think that trepidation helped me a little bit because it had tempered down that expectation of like, this is going to blow your bollocks off. Um, <laughs> and, and eased me more into a, this is a, this is a very good film. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause I think I've, I don't know if I've told this story on this podcast or one of the many others that I do because I'm a podcast slut. Um, <laughs> but I, the, the best example of this for me is everything everywhere all at once where the film itself is brilliant mm-hmm. and truly like an amazing, like event of cinema, but it had been bigged up so much to me as being like, this is going to change the way you even think about films before I went to see it, that when I came out, I was like, well, yeah, it was good, but, like, can we all chill out a bit? Um, and I think that's where I fell with One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, where I was like, <laughs> the acting's great, the writing's great, the direction's great, the cast is great. Brad Dourif knocked my fucking socks off, man. He's so good. Yeah. Um, oh, superb, but, yeah. And I, and I, but I got to the end, and I was like, and do you know what? It didn't feel like as long of a film as it was, Mm. Uh, which was good because I was worried about that as well. Um, but I, I can't say I'd ever be inclined to watch it again. Like, Same. I'm happy I've seen it, but mm. I don't think I'd ever just, like, if I was flicking on a day when I was bored and it was on, I don't think I'd leave it on. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I think no. I'd just find something else. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, but I don't, when you have to make an appointment with your head. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, I don't know whether it's because it isn't an easy watch like it's not I don't think it's a movie even if you like love it five stars I don't think it's a movie you can particularly say you enjoy I don't think that's mm. the right word mm. for it yeah. because I don't think I enjoyed myself watching it <laughs> um and I no, certainly I wouldn't do. recommend it to anyone as like a, oh sit down and watch this you'll love it kind yeah. of you know it's not it's not yeah, a fun it's not role. a popcorn movie at all yeah yeah uh, um but I, th- I think that's okay I think you know, not everything has to be a popcorn movie. And I say this as someone who generally doesn't really dig, you know, kind of art movies or, or mm. that sort of stuff. Mm. You know, I, I tend to I do kind of respect the popcorn movie. I think that's it's all good, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I think, yeah. And now spoilers. I think it's a brilliant film and I, I do love I think it's a phenomenal movie. <laughs> but it's also it's but it's not one you're just going to bung on of an mm. evening and just yeah. go well, there's nothing on telly fuck it i'll i'll stick cuckoo's nest on yeah. it's not it's not that's not it's not a fun movie and it's not what you're there to you know it's not what it's there for yeah, uh, yeah. it's True. it's not you know it's not eye candy or anything like that yeah uh, but it's it's you know it's that it, it doesn't need to be that's not what it's its job is mm. and it's okay if you just watch it once you know and whatever you get out of it that time it, it's that's fine you know mm, yeah uh, absolutely it's, yeah. you know not everything has to be a, like a franchise or you know well no not everything has to be shiny and lens flary or you know yeah you know so go on lee come on <laughs> okay tell us more. so come i on. can tell you exactly when i first saw this because i saw when the bbc showed it and i was able to look it up and i first saw it on the 29th of december which was a thursday 1988 10 p.m. on BC2. So Aww. over Christmas, 
Yeah. Um, and I, I, I can't remember. Very Christmas. Yeah. Very Christmas. Well, this, I mean, back, yeah, this is 88, so I would have been 18. I was seven. Was only. I was three. Channel, <laughs> had, had, had Channel 5 started in eight? No, it hadn't, had it? No, it hadn't, no. So there were four TV channels and movies were big. So, a, a, you know, a movie on the TV. Sky, I don't think Sky was around at that point either. I don't think so, no. No, but you're so, right. When when a movie was on, it was a big deal. So it was a big deal. So um, I I don't know what I must have heard about it. I you know I must have known its reputation or something. So I would have stayed up to watch it and I videotaped it. I remember recording it, and I didn't know anything about it at the time. I mm. just know that Jack Nichol was Nicholson was in it and it was set in a you know mental hospital. I didn't know if it was a comedy or a thrill. I didn't know if I, rem- I remember during the first scene where, um, you know, Nurse Rajit and, and McMurphy have their first little meeting or whatever. Yeah. I remember thinking, oh, they're going to end up having an affair, which is like the yeah. <laughs> yeah. well wide, <laughs> complete misreading of the, of the situation. But I, but I literally didn't know what kind of a movie it was going to be. I didn't know whether, you know jack nicholson was going to be the bad guy and it was going to be about a guy an evil guy sort of taking over an asylum or or Mm. whatever you know i had no no concept of what it was about at all uh i knew who uh danny devito was and i knew who christopher lloyd was from taxi because that had been around a few years oh yeah of course yeah yeah i don't remember thinking oh there's danny devito no there's christopher lloyd so I probably didn't even recognise him, to mm. be honest. Um, but yeah, I, I I just remember being completely blown away by it and just being. But like I said, at eighteen, I was open for this kind of movie. I was just into all sorts. I was watching all sorts in you know in, yeah. eight, in the eighties. I was yeah. open, for, you know, art movies and and all video nasties and all sorts. I was just I was just open for all kinds of experiences and movies and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, I, I was just completely uh, blown away by it. And that, like I said, I watched it a few times. It wasn't like a go-to, but mm-hmm. I definitely watched it a few times over the, the next few years. But I don't think I've seen it since. I mean, God, certainly since the millennium, I don't think I've seen it. And probably before. Okay. So yeah, you that's good. You, about 30 years so it, to me it was like watching it for the first time and I was watching it kind of worried I wouldn't dig it that I wouldn't mm. you know one of those ones is, it's been so long is it not going to live up to my own memories of it yeah um and for me it it's still it still hit big and I think I think yeah and what surprised me was like when I put the movie on it was like oh shit this is over two hours I don't remember it, I remember it being like a really short punchy movie oh no it was definitely two hours. Yeah, it's yeah. two. Yeah, and I thought, well, and it didn't. It didn't feel like it. It zipped again. It just zipped through, mm. and it's one of those films where I was just sucked into it just straight away, um, and didn't 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 experience anything at all. It just just swept me along. Yeah. Um, I just I, it, it's just you know, I just find it a phenomenal kind of um, experience to to go through it. Uh, and I just seen it after this amount of time, mm. uh, and just seen it with fresh eyes. Um, for example, going in and knowing that Nurse Ratched is the baddie, yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. just seeing that they 
they actually slow release that information to the audience as you're watching it. You don't know. She seems quite sympathetic at the start. Yeah. You you don't know. You, you know, and you think, okay, Murphy's clearly a disruptive influence. He's he's clearly he's not a good guy. He's not a guy who's been put in there, you know, mm-hmm. by mistake or through injustice or anything like that. You, the impression is that he's volunteered to go there or he's pushed to go there because he thinks it's going to be an easy ride. Said, than, yeah, I think it would be an easy yeah. sentence than than jail. Yeah. Where so, he should be. Yeah. And I think I think what's interesting talking about like the behind the scenes stuff is when Jack Nicholson made this, you you watch it now, you think, oh, this is a quintessential Jack Nicholson performance. Yeah. It's big and bold and, you know, hyper. And and he wasn't known for that at the time he made this. He no, was, I was surprised by that. He was he was known by from I mean he'd done what he done at the time, Easy Rider, I think, and five it, easy pieces. Um, yeah, he would have done. He would have done I mean, little he, shop by then. Wouldn't yeah, he? yeah, he did little shop of horrors in the in the fifties and stuff yeah. like. That. But he wasn't. But he was not almost known as like kind of like the intellect. He was playing the intellectual, like the student, and yeah. and that sort of thing. You know, he, the, the bookish mean, type yeah. characters. He basically he wasn't Jack Nicholson. No, like, and and he, this yeah. I think this was where he came out, and he was Jack Nicholson. I mean, he was he was known. He was a he was I don't know if he was a star as such, but he was he was a name. Yeah. You know, he yeah. he, he got the, he, I mean, he was he was above the title. I mean, uh, I could I could see from this film and his performance in it that from this film, that's when he sort of broke out and then became, you know, yeah. Jack or it, it led more to. I mean, yeah, I mean, roles. you could see this. This is this led to The Shining and, yeah, of exactly. and the Joker. You can see a direct line from this to those. Yeah, totally. That was movies, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Let's say it, the performances were were great. Mm. And I and yeah, and I obviously because I've watched it several years after release and you know through pop culture bits and bobs about it and yeah. also Netflix did that Ratchet series. Yeah. Which I tried to watch but did not get on with so did not I, watch it. Yeah, I never bothered with it. I just thought I just thought It's a bit pointless. Yeah. Yeah. Giving you know? her a background defeats the purpose. Yeah. Um, it's, um, you know, it's it's one of the things that like Hollywood and TV and stuff are really obsessed with. Is like, oh, I know. What if we, you know, like for example, have you ever seen the movie Hannibal Rising? Yeah. Yeah. No. Like, no. Totally. Absolutely. Categorically, no. do not because what you don't need to see is poor Hannibal Lecter as a child getting yeah. bullied and whatever and that's why he becomes a lunatic like you don't want to sympathize <laughs> with the devil like you don't you don't want to know why they do it's like John Carpenter said it about the um remakes of uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween and Halloween 2 where they decided to give Michael Myers a backstory mm. and and extra bits and pieces and he's like no because then you take away exactly what Stace just said. You take away the mystery and you take away the fear because no one knows why these monsters in these films do what they do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's much scarier to think yeah. a kid just woke up one day and thought, I'm going to stab my sister. I'd do a murder. Oh, Why not? Like, I, mean, I mean, like I say, we're not, these aren't real people. We don't need to know why. Mm. Exactly. This, this led to that. We know, you know. that, you know, abusers, be, you know, were yeah. abused and and so on there's that cycle when you think about fictional characters we don't need to know that i don't need to to know that sort of stuff no nope. uh, i don't need yeah. to know if dracula's got mommy issues or whatever <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
it's, it's not, so, but no. you know, it's, and that's one of the things that kind of bugs me. I'm going, I'm, we're drifting, so we can it's get okay, back to it. It's okay, but we're on track. It's yeah. kind of, like, at the moment, like, you know me, I'm big into my superhero movies and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's getting so frustrating that you don't, you can't get a decent baddie anymore because no. everybody's got to have a sympathetic backstory. Yeah. You know, and, and it's like, they can just be evil. It's okay. Do they can just be evil. Just Some people it. are just cunts, are they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they don't have to have, you know, and it's like, it's like they seem determined to, everybody's got, you know, like that, Killmonger in, in like Black Panther, for example. It's called Killmonger. That's that's your first clue. We don't need to, we don't need to know what his motivations are. It's called Killmonger. It's okay. For, and like and then we got look for example we've got the Craven the Hunter movie with the the tree oh, yeah. salad yeah. and it's like make it and it's like we don't need to know that he was once a good guy and he's got all, he can he he can just be a bad guy. He's a he's a villain. There's a reason he's called the villain. You know. Just love hunting, can't I? Like that's yeah. It's like, no, it's fine. It's his thing. That's all it is. Um, to st- to steer us back on topic a little bit, I'm going to yeah. tell you something about myself now that's really fucking stupid. Um, but I feel like it, it, it will have coloured entirely the way I see this film. And maybe if I didn't have these issues, I would have liked it more. Okay. Uh, I struggle with watching movies, especially ones that are either made or set in, you know, times that are not now. Mm. Um about mental health because I start to panic as a viewer. (laughs) This is so fucking stupid. I start to panic as a viewer that I'm watching this and thinking, oh, yes, this is exactly what X mental health problem is like and getting terribly wrong ideas about um, certain, you know, kinds of it. And then I start thinking, what if this is a bad representation of that? And I'm, I'm just sympathising with it and going, oh, guys, this would like what a wonderful performance. And then I just stress myself out entirely hmm. because I'm worried that, like, that, that, that I'm watching a film and I'm endorsing something that actually is a shitty representation of. No, well, they're, they're very, they're very yeah, careful I mean, in this film. Just, I think at the moment there is there is a kind of online kind of mentality that everything has to be a stance. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you know, you, you can't. Everything has to be, and it's kind of. I don't know if it's a thing we're gonna like as a society. We can't. We're just going through a phase. Or something like, you know, where you kind of everything has to because this seems like everything's in opposition. Like, you know, whatever side of the political spectrum you're on, it seems like the opposite have the upper hand all the time. And everybody's, you know, everybody's got a voice and, Mm. you know, uh, social media tends certain social media platforms project the antagonistic voice all the time. So yeah. it seems like nothing can just exist on its own. Also, again, re- related to the to the villain thing we were talking about, you know, like if you've got a black villain, they can't just be a black villain. They've got to represent something. Or if you've got female characters, they can't just be frail, flawed female characters. They've got to represent the entire female gender or whatever, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's it, it, yeah, and I think you can't, and that foot comes under mental health as well. It's like if something's about mental health, then it feels like it has to be um, a kind of a documentary or a platform or an educational tool mm. on top of everything. And I think there's a constant, there is a constant worry. I think of am I allowed to like this? 
Is this yeah, okay you, for me that, to? Yeah, to that is that is exactly what I was thinking because they're very careful in this film to not say what people have exactly. Yeah, yeah. To yeah. Name oh, in yeah. I mean, they keep it. Very, um, I, I think it's really interesting for the time it was made, in that nobody mocks anybody there. Mm. Even Jack Nicholson's character well, doesn't really. He doesn't. He doesn't take the piss out of Billy Stutter particularly. He has a bit of a, 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 a go the at the chief. Yeah. First, but I, I my reading of that is he's that's a performance he's putting on for everybody else to show that he's nuts because he's literally okay, just walked in and yeah. he's playing it up to say here I am yeah. that kind of thing. He's not having to go at the chief. He's putting on a show. Yes. Yeah. Um, and at no point does he kind of mock any of the other. He completely approaches everybody as equals, which I think is really. I really liked Unusual. that. Unusual. I liked that. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. You know, it, he he can't he totally doesn't talk down to anybody. He doesn't treat anybody like kids. No, uh, he doesn't belittle anyone. In fact, the only people he probably belittles at all is the staff. <laughs> yeah, he literally. Yeah, he just has to go. And it's interesting. I don't know if you um, on on the DVD. There's some deleted scenes. Oh, I didn't watch those. No. And the the deleted scenes show that the. The orderlies, the three black orderlies or mm. attendants, I think they are, uh, are much more malevolent. Oh, uh, really? Particularly towards the chief. They, they, you know, they're really kind of brutal towards the chief. Mm. And those those scenes were taken out. I don't know why they were taken out. There's no commentary with them. But it does paint them as more villainous roles. Yeah. yeah. Again, you're kind of, are they just guys who are just bored in their job? Because... I think I think I don't know. I, I could be corrected. It is quite common to have um, uh, at that time a lot of like orderlies and, and and people in those kind of jobs were were black people because it was a low paid mm-hmm. and that's the kind of jobs they were given. So um, whether they were just kind of disgruntled, you get the feeling that it's not as as the film goes on. It becomes more and more apparent that they're not there to help anybody. They're not there to cure anybody. Yeah. I yeah. guess because, again, reading between the lines and it's hard because it's set in the 60s. It was made in the 70s, but it's set in the 60s. Um, it's not NHS. So I presumably, presumably it's some kind of paying uh, facility. Yeah. We find out most of the, the, the guys there are there voluntarily. So yeah. I assume they're paying customers, essentially. So it benefits the hospital to have them there, I would wonder. This is just a theory as I'm watching it. So, I mean, you, you certainly get the impression that uh, Nurse Rajat is very much the queen of her domain and she likes yeah. everything right. Yeah. yeah, her way. She doesn't want any kind of, you know, and, it, and particularly at the end, it becomes very apparent that she just, you know, any 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 idea that she might be just doing her job to the best of her ability just disappears by the end of the film. Yeah, and, more and, and more. Uh, and I think element. going from what you were saying about how obviously some of those men were there voluntarily and mm. paying obviously a pretty penny. And I think from what as you were saying earlier with Nurse Ratchet, I think that's a, a part of her whole thing. That's why she keeps them there longer than they need to be. Mm. Because I, I got the impression watching it as some of the dialogue that there was some of the men, they didn't actually need to be there 
no. anymore. They, they were oh, that's, that's certainly one of the yeah one of, like, one of the kind of like the the I got subplots is that the one that's not the term I'm after one of the messages from there I mean it, it's it's I mean Jack Nicholson's character literally says it at one point you don't need yeah. to be here you don't need you to know, be here. everybody yeah. out there is the same as you guys yeah everybody's yeah. a mess yeah you know? and, it, and it's just her man, manipulative ways especially like with Billy yeah. you know mm-hmm. um keeping Billy there and, and threatening Nurse Ratchet threatening Billy by telling his mother Oh, I mean, at the oh, no, we're skipping right to the end, but that's that's, that's literally an assault on it him. It is, yeah. That's yeah. that's her literally assaulting yeah. him. But she knows how to hurt him. It genuinely yeah. pained me that he stood to went as he stood up to her, and oh, yeah. he just broke it. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's agonizing. Like, oh my god, yeah, absolutely. He's been. Yeah. Met, that's what he's there for. He's there to get better. He's literally just got better. It's clearly broadcast to you. That yeah. he's more comfortable, he's chilled out, his stutters disappeared, and then she just smashes that right out of him yeah. with like yeah. a sentence. With you one know, thing, I'll points. call your mother, and yeah. the mother's the trigger, and everything. Yeah. And you and, know, she, this, and she she knows she knows it. Suicide. She knows she's she knows her job. She knows these guys. She, she yeah. clearly knows these guys inside out. So she yeah. knows what she's doing, and, it, and it, it's it's what makes her one of the greatest villains on screen ever she's the epitome of mundane evil and it's uh, it's it's like you said when we were starting talking about her it's like um like so when i went in watching the film i knew that she was the evil character because this film is now quite old and mm. all of that information is out there in pop culture and you all kind of know it but as you watch it and you think gosh is, is she evil or is she just doing her job yeah. You know, because those first those first scenes when we first meet Nurse Ratchet at the very start, like you say, she's very efficient. She's very this is how the job should be done. Very professional with her, her fellow staff members who mm-hmm. she's managing and all of that. And like you say, she seems caring and handing out the medication to the patients and all of those sorts of things. But it, it is just like it's little trickle, trickle, trickle through it that you yeah. really start seeing how very evil and wicked this woman truly is. Um, and manipulative and just just fucking cruel yeah just so i cruel. mean yeah so in these little you know the group therapy sessions yeah like she's all like encouraging you know clearly pushing people to, to speak out you know, and and yeah, trying to yeah. go and you go okay fair enough and then somebody will speak out and then she'll shut them down because it's yeah. not in the order she wants it so it's so cleverly so well it's, done and so intricately done and but i it's Sorry, go on. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm just saying that it is, it is just so. And I was watching it, just going, "This is, this is just so." I mean, she won the Oscar, and like deservedly so. Deservedly so for that, because just, I, 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 I would say as much as you, as much as you are on the side of Jack Nicholson's character, mm. um, you know, and it's brilliant. I, I would have to say, out of all of the characters, that Nurse Ratchet would be my favourite of them all. Mm. Yes, she's evil and you shouldn't like her or anything. But I think because of the performance and the character and the way she was written and the way she performed, because of how memorable she is, I think she is probably my favourite character of the film. Yeah. Um, just... I mean, to be, to be fair, there's only really two uh, big characters in it. It's literally, a, it's almost a two person movie. There's Nurse Ratchet and then there's, there's Randall P. McMurphy. Yeah. Everybody else he's got nobody else. I I suppose you got Billy as well, who's kind of maybe a third hand in there. Yeah. Um, but 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 again, he's he's still 
he's more of he's kind of what they're fighting over. He's the MacGuffin more than mm. uh, a player, I guess. And yeah. I have to agree. Yeah, Brad Dourif is phenomenal. Oh, um, so good. In it. Yeah. And it, so it's, good. It, and it's particularly um, incredible seeing this performance, knowing the career he's had afterwards, where he's basically played psychos and monsters and killers. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, he's, he's Chucky, for God's sake. I was going to say, uh, if I remember correctly, he was also in Fatal Beauty opposite Whoopi Goldberg. Um, probably, when she was, yeah. She was, I mean, he, was, he was a nasty in that. Yeah, um, and he was in, uh, you know... Um, Lord of the Rings, he's grown a worm tongue in Lord of the Rings. So of he, he was, just, yes. And he's just so good at that malevolent stuff. Yeah. He, he also was in a uh, a brilliant episode of the X-Files. I think it was, was it Beyond the Sea? Where he played like a, a, a killer cat. But and he was just phenomenal in that. But, but to be to be such the opposite of that, he's so mm. sympathetic. And you, you literally, were <laughs> with his big hair, his big quiff. Yeah. I checked IMDb three times to make sure I'd got the right character because I was like, that can't, that can't, that can't be Brad Dourif. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's just incredible. It's and it just shows the the range of the guy, really. Mm-hmm. And he, I don't think he won. I mean, the 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 film won the big five Oscars. It was only it the did. second film to win the big yeah. five Oscars after um, it happened one night. Yeah. Um, and I, he was nominated, but he didn't win. He was nominated for Best Supporting Actor and didn't win it. Oh, um, we should have got that. It was well. It depends what he was up against, really. I don't. I'd have to I check. It. But you know, because you do it. Oh, how dare they! But he, but but it is just a phenomenal performance. And I think I think with all the other, like say uh, Jack Nicholson was the big name, and the rest of the cast were all pretty much unknowns. They're unknown, and a lot of them, char- well, by and large, they're all character actors. Yeah. And, I mean, they, they dropped lucky. Um, apparently, when they were when they were shooting or when they were making it, they they cast Jack Nicholson, um, but he was unavailable for six months. So they were like, okay, we can either wait for Jack Nicholson or cast somebody else and get oh. stuck into it. And I think it was uh, Milosh and Michael Douglas was one of the producers, yeah. and, and uh, Saul Saints was another one. I think by mutual agreement, uh, or they decided to wait for Jack and give it six months. And they said that was the best decision they made because it gave them six months to do the casting. It is. Uh, and and, I, and it's phenomenal casting, you know, really. It's super, and it's, it's funny because I think we watched the same documentary on the making of mm. it because um, listening to who else they were considering, because the director was also really hot on Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Because Burt yeah. Reynolds was really big at the time, you know, Smokey and yeah. the Bandit and, kind of all those sorts of things. And I, I loved Burt Reynolds as an actor. I think he was superb. But, you know, it's it's one of those things. Once you've you've seen like, a person like Jack Nicholson in a role, you cannot imagine anyone else playing well, I, it. It'd be interesting because I, I could see Burt Reynolds doing it. But yeah. the, the problem is from the 70s onwards, or from, from once he did like Smokey and the Bandit and those, he had such a, a clear personality a star personality mm. Mm. Um, you forget before he became famous he was he was an actor he was a jobbing actor yeah and you know and you think well how did he and yeah and he he was doing like serious movies and stuff mm. like that like he did oh man what was the, what's the name of the film with the um in the appellations where they're they're canoeing through the appellations oh, oh. Well, the de- uh, deliverance deliverance yeah if you look at him in deliverance 
Yeah. You get a glimpse of a guy who could have had a completely different career. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you, you wonder if he'd done, and now I'm not sure when Deliverance was before or after this, but you, th- yeah, you think if he didn't Deliverance and then this, what different trajectory would his career have made yeah. instead of doing like the, I'm sure he's not complaining because he was the biggest name he was huge. in Hollywood. Yeah, for, he for was like massive. So he was 20 he years was like, or something. Yeah, he was fine. But so, so he's not going, oh, my poor career. No, but, it's just, it, it's a really... It's like a really interesting history on the production of the film itself, because when I was watching it and the credits came up and it said producer um, uh, Michael Douglas. Yeah. I was like, no, that can't be. So I had to Google it whilst I watched it. Holy shit, it is actually Michael Douglas. And I and it wasn't until I watched a documentary that it connected the dots for me. that actually was his dad, Kirk Douglas. Yeah. Who had been sent the galleys, so the unprinted manuscript, basically, or quite just about, of the original novel and read it, loved it, bought the rights to be able to, you know, create something of it. And if, uh, correct if I'm wrong, it went to Broadway first. Yeah, it can play first. It didn't work it out didn't, really, yeah, it didn't, well. didn't really Yeah, it was OK. I mean, okay. Gene Wilder played. Gene Wilder, yeah. Really. It, it, play, it. Yeah, it, it did OK, but it didn't do great. And then it kind of mm. got kind of got shelved and it would seem that Kirk Douglas had a lot of stipulations on yeah. it and then it sort of went towards becoming a screenplay and a film and da, 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 da. And Kirk Douglas released his stipulations which then freed it up to become something mm. um, and it kind of wasn't it that Kirk Douglas had met uh, Milos and said oh I've got a script I need to send you a, a book whatever a book to send you and yeah and he sort of, he was, he was meant to send it and it never appeared. And then they met again, what was it, 10, 20 years later yeah. when Michael Douglas got in contact with him and sent yeah. him the script. And Milos was like, to Kirk, so well, it never arrived. What happened apparently was that, because um, was it Russia? He was in Russia? Czechoslovakia. Czechoslovakia. Yeah, communist Czechoslovakia at the time. And they stopped the book going through. Yeah, the censors, uh, the censors stopped just, it at the borders. Yeah. yeah. They stopped it, so he never got to see it. Um, but, you know, thankfully, times have changed and all of that, and he did get it eventually, and then hence became the film. But what a turn of events to get to you actually creating yeah. it is a yeah, thing and, in and, and just like, I mean, they shot the screenplay around, apparently, by every studio passed on it. Yeah, um, and it became it an to, independent, didn't it, really? Yeah, and basically they had to make it like, I think they, originally it was going to be something like $2 million, and they ended up going over budget, and like, I think it was Saul Zaints financed it out of his own pocket for yeah. extra $2 million, so the, the total budget in the end was only about $4 million or something like that. And if I heard them correctly, because they were shopping for locations... They actually went to a mental institution, hospital. Yeah, they and they filmed it there basically. Yeah, they actually, a floor. they went to Oregon State Hospital. Yeah, and shot it on location there in like January. Uh, they and it's it was a, a hospital in operation at the time, so many of the patients were given jobs on the crew and stuff like that. Uh, the the actors got to stay there. I think they had about uh, like a couple of weeks rehearsal, and a lot of the actors stayed in the facility. They were yeah. all given their own rooms, and they stayed there. Some of them stayed there overnight. They were all given uh, a patient to shadow. The the uh, the guy, what was his name? The um, the head of the the hospital. Mm. Um, 
uh, Dean Brooks, Dr. Dean Brooks, uh, actually plays Dr. Spivey, who's the so he basically plays himself yeah. in the film. Yeah. Yeah. Plays the head of, and he's really good. I was watching that going, who's this guy? <laughs> he plays it he's so truthfully. He did such he's a great really job. Yeah. <laughs> and like, they basically oh. just said, just do your job. They gave it, they didn't give him a script, they just gave him McMurphy's report and just sent Jack Nicholson in and just said, okay, just do your job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is phenomenal. So, so he gave them lots of cooperation. They, he gave, basically gave all the actors, he got, took the script and basically went through all the characters and told them what he most likely thought they had, what their mm. problem was, what, or what their condition was. Sorted a patient that, that mirrored that, and then each actor was given a patient to kind of mirror and study and so on. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, and a lot of the actors sort of stayed there overnight. And, yeah, and, I mean, and, and according to um, Louise Fletcher, Nurse Ratchet, they had an amazing time especially the the actors she as nurse ratchet didn't seem to get included as much so i think she said at one point she stripped off a little bit yeah she <laughs> she yeah it's quite, a, quite i thought it was a fun story anyway that was a fun so story she, so she was kind of being the character she was or the role she was in she didn't get to mingle and everybody stayed in character a lot um so she kind of kept separate she didn't want to mingle with the with the actors or or wasn't able to mingle with the actors so she was feeling very cut off and being like, you know, she likes people and like she was finding it very difficult. So at the end of the when it comes to the end of the shoot, she basically took a strip half naked uh, yeah. like from the back and got someone to take a photo of her in like stockings and suspenders with the with the nurse hat on, hat on. <laughs> and, and, and just signed it Mildred, love Mildred. And gave the photos to all the all the cast and crew. He said that was her her little rebel against being kind of on the sidelines, being in, mm. yeah, what she had, yeah, yeah, which I thought was marvelous. And it's really interesting with Nurse Ratched as well about the casting for that because Louise Fletcher said she was turned away from the role a few times, mm. but they had um they'd looked at considered Anne Bancroft. Uh, Colleen Dewhurst, Geraldine Page, Angela Lansbury. Angela Lansbury. Now that would have been interesting because she was a phenomenal character actress herself and yeah. always played several years older than she actually was. Yeah. Like the in like the Man- Manchurian is that? Yeah, the Manchurian Candidate. Manchurian yeah. Candidate. When she played the mother of the leading guy in that, and she was no, the same that, age. If you yeah, if you want to see kind of what her nurse Ratched would be, that watch that it. film. Yeah. Because she's that kind of quiet, yeah. bland malevolence in there, yeah. like a manipulator and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that would have been really, but I think she'd have been too recognisable. I think so. Yeah. You know, By that time, think, she would have been. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think the cast, the, the casting, no, the casting rather. Mm. It, you know, um, I, this is like from the when we were doing Get Carter. Like the more you talk about it the more you start to sort of like it. Mm. <laughs> but it's like the casting was superb in this and it was spot on. You yeah. know, it, for me, it's just that I couldn't, I couldn't click with the film and that's okay. But I can appreciate that it was a great, uh, a great cast and a brilliantly made film. Mm. You know, it just didn't click. But it is a super, I mean, I recognise there was one of the actors, I forget his character name, Really tall, really big eyes, and oh yeah, Vincent Chiavelli. Yeah, 
I've seen him in so many things because he's a character actor. Yeah, it was, I mean, he was in Ghost. Most famously, he was in Ghost. He was the the subway ghost. Yes, uh, yes. And he was in, you know, Batman Returns and a lot Superb of stuff. Superb guy. Superb. Yeah. And, um, and like we were saying with um, when we did The Good and the Bad and the Ugly, Milos Forman cast faces. He mm. went through, you know, and deliberately cast lots of very different looking people. I, I I always feel it's almost like a cartoonist side, like a comic book eye, that it's it, you, you're casting different faces that are radically different. Yeah. Um, and he, he, he definitely, I think that's what, I know mean, he said in one of the interviews that he always hates it when he watches a movie and he can't really tell who's who because they all basically look the same. They're all, you know, good looking guys with, yeah. you know, with square jaws and, you know, and, and brown hair and whatever. So, yeah, and you can see that he really. I mean, this. I mean, it's a great. I mean, you got a whole. I mean, you got Michael Berryman in is in there as well, mm. um, who you'd, who played a lot of like mutants and monsters and and stuff. Like <laughs> it was in The Hills of Eyes and yeah. it was in uh, Weird Science and stuff like. It was again another terrific. Oh God, yeah. Now I can picture who, him again. Yes, yes, he yeah, did. Who, yeah. You know who went on to you know. But a completely recognisable face, just no yeah. one's face. And, and talking about it's interesting because, like, um, earlier uh, over the last few months, I mean, you'll know this because I've, I've talked about it before, but I don't think I've, I've mentioned it online. My niece is five, and we've been watching a load of old um, universal horror movies and stuff like mm. that, and fantasy movies. So we've been watching a lot Harry Houghton, and she's loving it. And all this. And just last week, we watched Fantastic Voyage, the one, about, you know, um, about the submarine that gets shrunk down, injected into a, a guy's body. So all this. And oh, not, not Inner Space then, because I don't know. No, that Inner Space was kind of the remake. Oh, of that, okay. like the comedy remake. And um, William Redfield, who plays uh, Dave Harding, who's kind of like the the irritable guy in the dressing gown. Yes. Yeah. Well, he's yeah. the captain. He plays the captain of the submarine in that. So it's really weird for me to <laughs> to watch both these films within days. Yeah. And suddenly this this face suddenly pops up in both movies. Yeah. Very, you know, bizarre. But um, and who else we got in there? Christopher Hort, yeah, Dan DeVito. Oh yeah, we got uh Jim uh, Seafelt, who um, who's one, uh, who's the little guy. Mm-hmm. Who kind of when you first see him, he just closes his eyes and sticks his tongue out for his medication. Yeah, and and it was bugging me where I'd seen him before, and he was in Police Squad. He plays the um, the shoe shine guy in Police Squad, but um, and of course then you got Scatman Crothers, as you said, as yeah. uh, right God Turkle, who was in who would later be in um, The Shining. Yeah. Jack Nicholson as well, and apparently they were, I think they were, they were talk- who was it they were talking about somebody else who was going to be cast. In, oh, what's the name of the actress out of The Shining? Oh, um, Duvall? No. Yeah, it's, um, it's um, come on, Stace, it's your favourite film. You should know Shelley. Shelley Duvall. Duvall. I think she was going to be cast as the the, the hooker ah. or, or girlfriend or whatever she is. Uh, she she was up to be cast for that. So had she been cast in that, that would have been three um, three, See, three Shinings. Now, that's very interesting element to this film, isn't it? The mm-hmm. girlfriends stroke hookers. I'm not saying stroke a hooker. I mean girlfriend stroke hooker. Mm. That's an interesting section of this film. 
Mm. Um, but then so is the somehow it, they did well they did sort of escaping the hospital <laughs> and going out on a boat. Yeah. Well, it's quite interesting because they were talking about cutting that whole sequence at one point. Um, mm. I think it was Milos Forman didn't didn't want that or didn't or I can't remember if he didn't want it or he fought for it. But there was there was there was there was a, there was a debate about whether they should leave the hospital at any point until yeah. the end, whether they should they should stay in there. Yeah. And in the end, they, they, and I'm glad they did because it's a good sequence and it's it's good, uh, but it's weird. It really it's, it's, threw me because yeah. like, it's great from the perspective of like showing the sort of camaraderie between them and the and the sort of bonding that's happening and the fact that um you know like we were saying earlier that Jack Nicholson's character isn't you know babying anyone or belittling anyone and he's you know just wants to go out fishing with the guys kind of thing. But it really threw me because for a movie that's trying to set up Nurse Ratchet as being a, a, a little bit evil there didn't seem much in the way of comeuppance on that unless i d- blinked and slipped her off the film what come up <laughs> against against oh you mean comeuppance for for him getting out for, for all of them getting out well because they're not in prison you see it's a mm. hospital so they, they're taken back they're not like they're not going to be put in like a cooler or solitary confinement it's a hospital which is which is why he wanted to be there initially because it's, I know, it's, but it just felt it like such a sort of like middle finger. Like it was so yeah. like Jack Nicholson flipping the bird at her that I thought, oh, this is get she's she's gonna do she's gonna do she a little something, probably yeah. not too in your face because she doesn't she probably doesn't want to get caught. But like, she, yeah, it felt weird to well, me that there I wasn't. Mean, he, he does get the shock therapy. That's not because of yeah. that, is it? Like it's, well, it's it's because of his attitude. It all builds up. And it's 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 all punishment just because it didn't follow. This is, you know, that's again due to the malevolence of you're going to have this. Nobody's you know, nobody's wringing their hands going, ha that's what you get for escaping. Yeah. Uh, but I like I say that's that's the difference between, uh, like I say, being a because it's like a pseudo prison movie, but it's it's also not. It's like the rules are different. It's um, it, it's 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 kind of more insidious. In that it's like, hey, you could go home anytime you want. Well, not Jack, but you know, certain ca- you can go home if you want to. But they're, we're going to make you so you don't want to go. But we're going to make you feel impotent and powerless. Yeah. To I, th- I think that's what struck me about it as well. That it's sort of somewhat confusing because, although yes, some of them are there voluntarily, and in theory, they should just be able to leave when they want to leave. There is that whole mixed thing because Jack Nicholson's, you know, McMurphy is obviously. Uh, can't leave because he's been you know he's in jail basically isn't he he's, well that's well that's the thing he's a prisoner well that's the, that's the kind of like the twist in that he thinks he i think he's sentenced like 60 odd days two months or something like that yeah uh and he at one point he goes hey i'm nearly up you know yeah and the orderly says no 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 you're committed now this isn't prison you yeah, don't you do s- your sentence and go home you're here until we tell you you can go. And that's when you see the realisation in his face, like, oh, I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> well, oh, I maybe yeah. shouldn't have fucked around and I've just yeah. found out. This, this yeah. is literally where he finds out that he's now... Oh, fucked it. He fucked himself, <laughs> yeah. That he's... Yeah, and he sort of says, why didn't you tell me? You know, here I am. He was there just arsing around. Yeah. Thinking, 60 days and I'm out. Yeah. And he's realising, oh, no, I'm... Yeah, and that, that's the point where we realise he's been essentially playing it up he's you know so yeah. much of it has been an act you mm. know mm. 
And then it become then it becomes more of a battle of wits at that point, you know. And he sort of says, "Oh, when you tell me, you say I've been like, you know, yeah. roasting Nurse Ratched and winding her up and all that kind of stuff." But it's there's like I said, but you know, there's there's, but he's he's clearly you know he's in there and he's he's because he's treating the guys like equals. He's in his weird way, kind of fixing a lot of them. He's working on a lot of them, even in his. You know, the ones he doesn't get on with, you know, he's got like the antagonistic relationship with um, the the oh God, the guy I just mentioned, uh, Redfield. Yes. Um, but, he, you know, but he, it's it's still kind of like, yeah, you can see he, he cares about Billy in particular. Yeah, because you, you, you get the obvious impression that he's like the breath of fresh air that these men needed. Yeah, you know, to get I that think, kick to go back yeah, to they, life they, and be. Yeah, they've basically become institutionalized. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that's why that kind of scene where they go fishing is kind of an important scene because that's where they get that that kind of that oh, we see what they're like when they're out there. And yeah. you know, you can't. And, and he's literally just going, "This is, you know, this is what it's like. This is just what this, you this know. is what life is." And it, I mean, yeah. it is. It is funny that behind the scenes, so many of them were seasick, like yeah. really, really seasick doing that. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. They, oh, yeah. They were, they, apart from I think it was apart from Jack Nicholson, everybody yeah, else throwing up from, from dusk till dawn. And didn't they have to do it for like a week? They were on that. I phone. think a few, a few days. At a few least. days. I think about three or four days. And they, Christopher there. Lloyd was saying they didn't know how they were going to get through each day because they yeah. were so ill. They had to be dragged oh, out gosh. there. Yeah, yeah. So the things you do for your art. Yeah. <laughs> one, one of the little stories that I liked was about Vincent Schiavelli, who was. Um, he, I mean, it wasn't his first film. I think he'd, he'd done two or three films before, but he, he but he was still quite uh, new, I think, to to the movie. And mm-hmm. there's a scene where he's playing with the fish, and he's they're, like they're fishing, and he pokes the uh, the hook, fishing hook through through the fish's eye, and he pops oh. fish's eye out, and he kind of pokes it back in. Uh, that's kind of genuine, apparently. He thought he fucked up, and he thought he was going to get in trouble for breaking the fish. Yeah. So he was, but that—that's the interesting thing about how they shot it. But they shot it, shot it multi-camera, which is very unusual. Mm. Um. So none of them knew when they were actually would actually when they were on camera. camera. So yeah. they had to be in character all the time. Which so, which made the the um. The circles, you know, back in the hospital when they were sat around yeah. in their um, yeah the group therapy session. Group, thank you, their group therapy. And Louise Fletcher had said it herself as well that you you never knew when you were going to be on camera. Yeah. Um. So she was like, she was she was always switched on. She was always nurse ratchet. Yeah. And um, everybody, so you you'll see lots of I think a lots of little reaction shots. Everybody's mm. in. You know, Jack will say something. I keep saying Jack. Randall will say something, and you know, you'll see the other reacting to Billy or something, kind of blanching because he always oh, said something wrong. He's going to get into trouble, or yeah. you know, a cheeky yeah. grin. Oh, I can't believe he got away with that. Something, you know, all that kind of stuff was going on. And there's always a little reaction, and like you see Christopher Lloyd just glaring. Because <laughs> mm. they they said that the like for the big scenes they did all together. They did rehearse before they yeah. they would film them, but even then. There were, if we were to jump to the end of the movie, um, so the actors didn't know how the ending was was going to be done until mm. it was sort of done. Um, when the chief discovers that um, 
McMurphy has been lobotomized. Yeah. Um, and the actors weren't really aware that the chief was going to suffocate him um, mm. and kill him mercifully, quite honestly, as well, mm. really. Uh, and there are, the, the, the actors were saying in the documentary, there's actually lots of real tears and upset uh, from that because they didn't realise how and everything it was going to happen. And, and you can quite imagine just what just watching it on screen and everything, yeah. uh, how it must have been for them. Mm. Um, it's yeah, it's a and you know, I'd say apparently that in the original draft, the 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 other patients don't witness the escape because mm. it's 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 an interesting climax and i think it's a really you know um powerful climax because yeah. you've got like a big cathartic moment at the end after two really horrific tragedies yeah so billy kills himself then um randall p mcmurphy's kind of lobotomized and then euthanized mm. and then you know the the chief picks up the the water fountain thing and throws it through the window and escapes and stuff and it's just such a phenomenal and i think because it goes so down go down so low that kind of rise up at the end yeah is such a big one of the great kind of punch the air moments in cinema history really and it kind of almost lifts the whole film because without mm. that kind of it's a, just a bleak bleak film mm. um with you know spots of humor and stuff in there but ultimately and i think that really i think that's what kind of separates it that kind of big cathartic moment at the end where he kind of i mean and yeah. it's a great scene where he just it's a super the, scene but yet you know the only bit i didn't like about it was the score the scoring music really yeah it's the only bit i didn't like about <laughs> <laughs> i thought phenomenal i thought it's a, one of the things i like it's like um uh, is it jack jack nietzsche is it the, the mm. yeah jack nietzsche phenomenal music that isn't and i mean there's a bit at the start but at the end yeah uh like it introduces the character as he's as he's brought in at the start and then it's it's the big finale end and then all the rest of the the few bits of music then is just in the um like the record player and stuff yeah. like that. yeah um, i mean the, the yeah, music choices are good as well I, 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 yeah i think jack nietzsche i think he was nominated again i don't think he won Mm. Uh, but I, th- I think it's phenomenal music. But uh, you know, and Jack Nietzsche, I, I know best for um, Starman. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. John Cobb Starman, which the music for that always chokes me up. The f- the final scene in that film where and the music comes up, oh, I'm, I'm I'm in floods every single time. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go listen to those scenes again because I anybody who knows me vaguely knows I'm a movie scores knob. Um, mm. And I don't remember it. And I don't know if that says a lot about the music. <laughs> Wait, or it's not. a very unconventional score because it's basically mm. a saw and a wine glass. It's all that. And stuff. Mm. So it's very atonal, I guess. I don't know music terminology. But, but you also and, have. And then at the end, you've got, kind of got the tribal drums. I was going to say, you've got those drums, haven't you? Yeah. Um, as, as the chief discovers his power and stuff. I just, you know? Maybe it was like 21st century ears and eyes with that music with the chief. Mm. It just, I don't know. I just, I thought it was leaning a bit too much onto the character's heritage. And I don't know if it would have been done today in quite the same way. Well, it's interesting because um, the chief is the main character in the book. Okay. Um, 
in it's all told through the chief's eyes it's all oh, okay. yeah, it's all through his point of view and randall's yeah. just like an agent of change who comes in yeah uh and you and you know the, the title like one flew over the cuckoo's nest has no explanation in the film Mm. In in the in the book, you find out that it's it's a, from a nursery rhyme that is I think his mom or his dad used to used to sing to him. You know, um, three goose in a flock, one flew east, one flew west, one flew over the cuckoo's nest, and it's it's a, just a theme in the book, and, it's, and that's where the title comes from. I did but wonder. It's, it's, so it's, it's, yeah, it's it's yeah. one of those just like one of those it, essentially in the film it's just a mood title, and you go oh. Okay, cuckoos. Yeah, that's meaning that's, that yeah. someone's basically yeah, cracker. You know, that's cuckoo it's, crazy it's, is yeah. you know. So, yeah. um, but it, it's interesting as well. Like I say, I haven't read the book, but I was reading up on it, and it was like it, obviously in the book you get more background. Like for example, we find out that the chief is a World War Two veteran who's got mm. PTSD amongst other stuff, and he came home from the war, fell into alcoholism, lost his family, and so on. And we find out that Randall P. McMurphy is a career war veteran who was taken uh, prisoner of war and led mm-hmm. an escape from the um the korean um chinese prison camp uh and stuff so he's so he's got ptsd amongst and you know along with whatever it is the antisocial disorder or whatever it is mm. so i mean so it's inter- it's interesting that they're both the time it was set they're both kind of war veterans that so it like say if it was now you'd have to kind of deal with that there's that PTSD, I think, would be much more of a, a it would assuming be you keep the characters more. Yeah. yeah, I think that yeah. would be more of a feature of the thing. We understand yeah. that more. And yeah. I think one of the things, in, in fact, one of the things the film is least about, I think, is mental health. <laughs> it is, it's, to be it's, honest. It's, it's not, it's the... it, you know, it's a whole lot of metaphors about, you know, manipulation and mm. power and and all that kind of anti-authoritarianism because even with all the group therapy sessions they have they do not discuss the problems they actually have no at at all really yeah it's almost like the 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 medicine is purely theater yeah it's like like i've heard about the theory of they're not there to cure anybody they're there to keep them there they're 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 money they're not patients they're they're just a business and they're keeping their business so um it's so yeah so i i think yeah i've, I've lost my thread so it's gone. <laughs> it's gone but it's uh, i mean like i enjoy talking about this film because there's a lot to unpack in it there's so much mm. more probably to unpack and talk about but still and i i'm not even going to blame it on you know personal stuff going on that's caused reason to not get hooked into it it's just literally just a film that i just couldn't get into well, this, this is, this, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of reasons why you might like or not like a film. Yeah. And the quality of the movie is only one factor, I think. <laughs> there's, you know, expectation is a massive thing. Like, you know, he was saying yeah. right at the start about, you know, like, for example, like, for, for example, like the um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Man. Is it? Well, the, the recent the one. Spider-verse. Across the Spider-Verse, Into the Spider-Verse. Whichever one it was, the recent one. Across. 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 There was so much hype over that. Not even hype, really, but just so many people praising it up and down and giving it the whole, this is the most important thing, and oh, this is going to change animation forever, and this is going to change, you know, comic book movies, and it's going to change everything. It's like, just shut up about it and let me watch it. You know? <laughs> and it, and it yeah. couldn't, pu- and it was putting me off going to see it. It was yeah. like, just yeah. shut up 
I need to make up my own mind. Stop telling me what I'm supposed to think about it. This is one of the reasons why I've started going to see films, either like basically the instant they come out Mm. or until it's like on the streaming or on the telly or comes out on DVD. Because by then, maybe the hype will have chilled out a bit. Because I have had quite a few movies sort of semi-ruined for me by having a bar that was far too high for it to... Yes. Oh yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah definitely. definitely. A thing, I think. Yeah. Uh, and like you know, there's there's certainly yeah, and just going in, and the opposite can be true as well. The the mm. number of films I've gone to see that have been slagged off. I fucking and you go and watch it and go, that was yeah, great. What that's amazing. Really enjoyed that. What was that about? You know, because because you you're going in with no expectations or with low expectations, you start to see the good stuff. You're surprised constantly by the good stuff. I mean, Whereas if you're going in to see this is the best film you're ever going to see in your life, you go, OK, that's going to have to live up to the greatest game. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, well. what are you going <laughs> to do? So, yeah, but, but it is. Yeah. So I, th- I think but I think that's one of the things that. One of the themes that underlies this podcast that we do not to blow our trumpet, mm, but just but too, too. one of the one of the things we have is we're approaching. The whole point of the podcast is these are big films generally. They're mm. they're famous films or esteemed movies. And yes. it's you know, part of that we're coming to them late generally. So part of that is do have they dated since whatever? Do they live up to the reputation of whatever? And yeah, you know, and part of that is going in knowing what you know about them, having not seen them. Yeah. And will that affect how you see them, how you enjoy them or not? Yeah, I think with this film, it was quite, um, it interested me because I was worried about it being too dated, Um, especially because, like, I was, the only thing I knew about it really was that it was set in a mental uh, institution. Mm. So I was worried that it was just going to be horrible caricatures Mm. and just, just awful, awful, you know, representations of both mental health and mental health care in the 60s, which I know wasn't. Mm wasn't necessarily good but not everybody yeah. in healthcare in the 60s was an awful <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. person that like they thought they were doing the right thing a lot of the time I mean obviously not in Nurse Ratched's case but like a lot yeah. of the shitty procedures that they actually did in the past were because they thought they were doing the right thing and didn't have oh yeah they didn't That's know the thing, like, yeah. that actually yeah the, the lobotomies and the shock therapies yeah. and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff they that was, was where yeah. medicine was at at that point yeah you know where Mental health yeah. medicine was that. They just they thought they were doing the right thing with with the knowledge that they had at that point. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's what. So I um I think I liked this film more than Jenny. I will say that. Yeah. Um, mm. I, one of the things that I found a bit difficult about it, um, and it's one of the things that you guys have praised, <laughs> is the sort of slow drip feeding of Nurse Ratched's assholery. Uh-huh. Yeah. I I struggled with them going from like naught to lobotomy at the <laughs> at the end. Yeah. Um, because like obviously by that point we've got the we've got the gist that she's uh she's not going to take any more shit from uh, Jack Nicholson. Um, yeah. But but up to that point it's always been sort of like manipulating the other patients so that he can't get what he wants or yeah. you know little, sort of little things that are that are shitty but you know not necessarily like life-changingly mm. awful um 
and then and then all of a sudden and I mean the, the, the shock therapy sort of that that made sense to me because that was a thing that that sort of happened quite a bit in the sense of like they didn't realize quite how fucking dreadful that actually was but I I'd be interested to know in the 60s because that feels fairly recent to me, the 60s. It feels like to me, yeah. If they genuinely thought, let's just love a bit out of the brain so that they barely even seem to cognizant. Well, yeah. That, yeah, that was a well, good thing. I, that was, yeah. It was, I mean, at that point, you have to remember, he did attempt, he had attempted to murder Nurse Ratchet at that point. This All is, right, yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> he, 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 he had tried to kill her. And by God... Did I want him to succeed at that point? Oh, I yeah. Was all about, I have, I can't remember. It's very rare. It's I very want rare a villain want, to die. Do you know what? I, I wonder whether I'd sort of... Do you know what? Now that you've said that, yes, it does make sense that she went to straight to lobotomy from that. But I wonder whether it's because... So so I think one of the reasons I, 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 can, I can see Jenny's point of view is that I didn't really glom on to um, McMurphy either. But I really took to Billy. And yeah. so the instant yeah. he died because of her, I was like, what a fucking bitch. I hope she gets it. Yeah. Yeah. And so like it sort of fell out of my head that, that Jack Nicholson had tried to murder her. <laughs> <laughs> because, oh, yeah. There was that strange <laughs> like, I was thing, like, wasn't there? I was like, he barely did anything. He just pissed her off a bit. No, yeah, no, Stacey, he did, he did yeah, genuinely he did try, try to murder her. Yeah. It came pretty close. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. I have to say, I am a little, I'm a little bit with that whole from zero to lobotomy because at the same time you think, all right, he tried to do a murder, but then why not just? I do know why, but why not just send him back to jail, send him back to prison rather than? But because of course she's they're evil. They're they're helping them. Yeah. Um, you know, just a bit of surgery and he'll be happier. He won't yeah. be angry. He won't be antisocial. He won't, won't be, be aggressive or anything people. like that. Yeah. yeah. He won't. Yeah. It's better for everybody. It's better, yeah. you know. He won't know the difference. No. And it'll be, I mean, they do, again, in the deleted scenes, uh, they do set up the lobotomy thing more. I think it's with, um, uh, like we were saying, Michael Bayerman's character, who, who doesn't really feature in the film too much. But he's, it, there's, a, there's a scene where, He's standing at the back at, during one of their group therapy sessions. He's standing at the back and in like a Christ pose, in a kind of a crucifixion pose. Mm. And uh, and um, and Jack Nicholson's character rec- realizes he's he's pissing himself. This uh, Michael Berryman's character, <laughs> and uh, they sort of cart him off, and they find that you know, and that's when they point out that he's been lobotomized, and you know, and, he, and kind of Jack Nicholson's character is kind of warned, oh, you know. Be careful what you do and don't rock the boat because you can find yourself in that. It's kind of set up. So, mm. but I'm kind of glad that got, I don't want to see that. Kind, it's it's not like a mystery to be solved. I don't want that kind of stuff set up, particularly. Mm. That kind, it will feel feel a bit heavy handed. I think there's enough there. Like they set up the the shock therapy thing at one point and stuff like that. I think there's enough there for you to you know, fill your way through. You don't want you don't want to go into it going oh there's there's Chekhov's gun they're setting up there. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, they, they, they do that with the with the water fountain thing, and that, that pays off really well. Mm, yeah. But, um, but yeah, the, I think that, yeah, the, 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 the lobotomy thing, for me watching it, just felt inevitable. It's like, okay, that's that's where it's going next. Mm. That's after, after having that big party, trashing the place. Yeah. You know, 
you know, getting the hookers in, just completely bringing the booze and everything else in, fighting with the um, attendants, mm-hmm. attempting to murder Nurse Ratched. That seems like that's whether it's whether it's punishment or a, you know, a healing Treatment. process. Yeah, that's what's going to happen next. And I think you know, I think you could argue. I th- I think the 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 I get the feeling that the the um, the doctor the who's who, Doctor Spivey who's the kind of who runs the facility he comes across a lot more sympathetic. Um, yes, generally. Than the ratchet and that. Um, but, but who knows because he's you know he's barely in it. He, yeah. yeah. And, and certainly there's there's a very brief scene. I think it's one of the few scenes where we where um, one of them you know McMurphy or or the chief isn't there where you have a little bit of a meeting amongst the the doctors mm. and this Rajid and they're talking about they talk about sending McMurphy back to hospital back to prison and uh, nurse Rajid said no he, he I think he ought to stay here I think we can help him <laughs> uh, and yeah and you generally and yeah and it's it, it's played in a way that you don't know whether she's genuinely trying to say we could help him we can is she a caring person yeah. does she want to help or is she going no i want to stay here because i can fuck this guy over i'm yeah. not having him out of my group yeah yeah I'm gonna, you know he's gonna be you know i'm gonna fucking put him straight you know so it's 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 all really vague. I think it, I think in interviews, um, Louise Fletcher has said that she doesn't see, you know, Nurse Rajid as a, as a monster particularly. She of course she doesn't. But she has to. Yeah. Her justification is Nurse Rajid's justification in her head. That's how she gets through life. No one sees himself as a villain. Yeah. So yeah. she doesn't. She can't see herself as a villain. I don't think. I just it is interesting as well like they have that big party where they get smashed and they trash everything and you've got the two girls and the chief and Jack Nicholson they could escape they've got that moment and yet Jack looks back and he sees all the men having fun and being free and you know setting Billy up with one of the prostitutes to have sex and stuff and you just think dude you could have just gone yeah you could have gone there's a scene where yeah he sets uh, Billy with a date because Billy was going to escape with him and he he hasn't got the confidence to go but he does want to have a date with yeah uh, uh, I can't think what her name is and right, shankly, girls, I didn't yeah. write write it down um as, as, so he kind of she he stays and then and then the next thing you know it's the next morning yeah and Jack's sort of waking up you know passed out drunk yeah yeah passed out drunk and it's quite interesting. It is interesting that he stayed. He could have just gone. It didn't it's, matter. It's it is such an interesting facet of his character that he, mm. because he was so obviously going to bounce, he was so obviously going to go, and it was for him being there was just to get out of jail, literally. Yeah. And then and then to escape, but then to have stayed, and of course what that then led to, which was just death, death, and yeah, you know. Um. But it, it's re- it's really an interesting turn of event with his character that he did stay. And it's never really explained or anything other than the look that he sort of gives as he turns back to them when the chief is sort of like saying, come on, let's go. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's inter- yeah, it's interesting how they don't explain everything. They don't. Yeah. You, know, you, you can imagine, you know, under less skilled hands, there'd be a big kind of dialogue between. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, McMurphy and, and the chief going about, well, I, you know, <laughs> I just want to do this and I've I know. got, you know, it's all, and, and, and I just want to help people. 
terrible and, and I've always been terrible and this and now I've got a chance to redeem myself and all that and it's like I don't know how much I don't know how how chaotic McMurphy is really because we we know that a lot of it is performance I think majority wise it's all performance to get where he needed to be uh, yeah so to try and get away he, yeah I think there's bits of genuine you can see like the, the whole thing about the tv the battle about the tv and watching mm. the ball game mm. and you can see that's that's him that's him being him there yeah he kind of that kind of confrontation stops being about just winding up the surrection and becomes a battle of wills. Yeah. And I think it's a tremendous scene, the way he just goes, fuck it, and just goes along and just mentally creates a ball game that everybody mm. comes along, joins in with, and he unites the whole room, essentially. Yeah. And yeah. you just you just sit there thinking, he's doing your job. He's he's actually working these guys and getting them to, to work together and... You and know, he's basically he's to do, each other. But he's do, he's also doing a thing that she doesn't want. She doesn't want them to be better. She doesn't want them to think yeah, exactly. that they're better. So that's, you know. Yeah, so it's he's, pissing he's her off like even agent, more. Yeah, he's an agent of chaos or whatever. But he's he's actually doing what they need to they be need, done. They need to be they're done. Stagnating. They're yeah. not. They're, they're they're just they're stagnating and 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 nothing's happening. They're not being helped. Yeah. They're just stewing. Because I don't know about like for you, Stace, but. Like we were just saying that things are not explained. And that's just for this film, I, t- I didn't need it explained, not because I wasn't hooking in or enjoying it, but I just, there was enough shown with, with looks and ideas that I didn't need anything explained why something did or didn't happen either. Mm. You know? Yeah, um, I, um, I have a weird opinion on this in movies because it sort of differs based on exactly what the movie is. Yeah. Sometimes I absolutely want you to spoon feed me. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. I want all the information in the world, please, because I don't know where the fuck I am and what's happening. Absolutely. And then other times I'm like, why is all of this here? This is so exposition heavy. I don't need it. Can we actually get to like the bones of this story, please? It's like this um, could have been an email. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it could have probably been a text message. Like, yeah. you know, um, but but yeah, this film I thought was really good in the sense that a lot of the stuff like it showed, like Lee was saying, I don't think it felt like a well over two hour movie. No. Um, and you guys know my attention span isn't great. So as soon as I see that a movie is over two hours, I'm a bit like, like I'm procrastinating seeing the new Mission Impossible movie because I'm like, oh, two hours 45 or whatever the fuck come on yeah and it's, it's the first half as well of like a fucking yeah. twofer come on now <laughs> and i can't um, wait yeah. to see it tell you I, I will i will go eventually i've just you know that's a lot of time for me to put aside <laughs> for tom cruise um but but this movie like there's no flab i don't think no no. There's like every every bit that it shows you is important context either about a character or about a relationship um, and and everything it delivers to you is enough for you to 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 put two and two together um, and make four. <laughs> it's yeah, it's interesting for a like we've said before about we like long movies if that it's a long story kind of thing. Yes, yes. yeah, yeah. I mean, this yeah. is actually quite a small story. It's a very insular story. It's set in mm. one, virtually in one, one set, room, really. essentially. Yeah. Uh, you know, one it's in one place. We don't go. There's literally, you know, 
three scenes where they go outside. You know, there's the introduction where they they drive up. There's the bit at the end where he escapes, and then you got the fishing trip in the middle. But it's all ba- and it's all kind of dialogue mostly. There's no mm. car chases and stuff like that. You know, yeah. So it, the, so this is one of the things I have about a lot of again drifting off, but we'll get back to it and then wrap up, <laughs> I guess. Was one of the problems I have with a lot of current TV, as good as it is, is everything's so talky and everything's so static and you'll have like five episodes of some thing on on netflix where it's all just people just sitting in rooms talking all the time Mm. and my argument is it's not that they're just sitting in rooms talking all the time it's just that it's boring like one of my (laughs) favorite shows of all time is the west wing which is literally just people talking yeah so but it's it's how you shoot it and how, what they say and yeah. how they say yeah. it that makes it yeah. interesting. So it's not that it's just things are just talky. It has to be good talk. It has to be interesting dialogue and, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff, which is what this. I think it's true. This film is that. I didn't always find it interesting, but it, it is that. It's not just saying words for the sake of saying words. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not. But. <laughs> Yeah, it's, oh. it's it's really like I say it's really stripped down. Mm. It, there's there's a lot of, you know, a lot of the dialogue is kind of improvised. I think my, Milos Forman's had a, a saying on saying, but it has to be real. It has to be real, yeah. and a lot of the actors keep saying that's all he kept going on. Just make it real, make it real, and that's is what it feels like. You know, yeah. you if you you were sat down in front of this, you wouldn't know that Danny DeVito was an actor. You wouldn't mm. know that Christopher Lloyd is an actor. You don't, you know, you 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 think well, they're, so, they're so absorbed in their in their characters and what yeah. and what they're pulling across. I mean, I would say that doesn't matter how I feel about it. I would say that this is a film that that does not and should not be remade mm. because I think this, as a piece as it is, is perfect as it is. Doesn't doesn't need to yeah, be done again. Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't imagine somebody else playing McMurphy really. You no. can't. You certainly, I certainly couldn't imagine somebody else playing Nurse Ratched. Mm. Um, no, and I've seen who else did, and I love that actress, um, mm. Catherine Paulson, I think it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I love, oh, yeah, I love her. She's an amazing yeah. actress, but it's just no, it's two it's, very different variations, and I know yeah. why. But it's I mean, it, I mean, it's interesting, really, because obviously it was it was a play. Now, mm. plays are performed in infinite variations. You know, the cast changes regularly with a successful play. And I'm, I'm not generally, you know, against remakes particularly. You know, some of my favourite films are remakes. The Thing is a remake, you know? Mm. Yeah. So, um, so I don't know, but there's, there's certain films that you just think, no, they got it right. There's, there's no yeah. justification for having another go at it. I, yeah. But I could almost see it done... As a as a you know as a play, I'd like to see it as a play. I'd like to see the play version. Stage would be interesting. To see it on stage yeah. would be interesting. Yeah, yeah, but, I agree. Uh, or, you know, it's one of those ones like like Twelve Angry Men where you go, yeah, I could, yeah, I'd want to see the pl- the stage version, the play version, but I wouldn't, I don't want to see it remade. I don't think you'd gain anything. They I've nailed not. it. You know, there's no justification for it. Yeah, Just, I've I've not seen the film of that. So okay, um, yeah, that's no, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> That's where we've got to now. Just a, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Not yeah, like, what? It's just, just a, a resigned sigh. Like, yeah, I'm not surprising. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Get a podcast, why don't you? 
either of you, do you have any other final thoughts? Stace, do you have any final thoughts? Um, I think I just want to sort of reiterate that I, I, I didn't think this was a bad film at all because I feel like I haven't, <laughs> I haven't been particularly high energy and I haven't really like, um, sort of expressed myself particularly well. I don't think, but like, yeah, everything about this film is technically great. Um, I think Rich was right when he said it wasn't necessarily a stage story, but mm-hmm. I do think it was. Uh, I'm glad that I've seen it. Let's put it that way. It's not a film where um, I've watched it and I've gone, right, What next time I see Jenny, I'm going to have to punch her in the tit because <laughs> I can't believe she made me sit sit through this. Um, <laughs> you know, friendship over. Um, it's, it's, it's very much a film that I'm glad I've seen, but I didn't necessarily enjoy yeah. and I don't think I'll go back to, but... Yeah. But I am glad that I've seen it. What I thought was quite interesting for me was that I, a lot of people, like Rich was saying to me, like, how did you not really know what this movie was about? It's referenced so many times in, like, The Simpsons and, like, this and that and the other. And I was like, it's just never twigged with me because I've never seen it. I didn't know that that's what it was. (laughs) I I didn't either, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's again, with with a lot of these films, it's like, how are you going to get on with this having seen the parodies first? Yeah. Yeah. Like with 2001 and, and certain other ones, it's like, how do you get, and Blade Runner, how do you get past the the, you know, the parodies and the references? And yeah. I think I was all right with this one because I didn't know that any of them were references and parodies to this. So, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, did, I, yeah. Did, did it, either of you know the ending? No. No, 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 no I didn't. Okay, like that's, I say, literally, my entire knowledge was Mental Hospital, uh, Jack Nicholson. That's all that, I knew. Was, yeah. Because I was shocked to see Danny DeVito and Christopher Lloyd. I was like, holy yeah. shit, that's going to be So, yeah. Yeah. Danny DeVito was the first cast because he'd been in the uh, the stage production. Oh, so he, no. he, he was, he was, and he was like um, best friends with Michael Douglas. They were like roomies. Oh, yeah. At, yeah. at, at like room, at university. So oh, he was the first Danny cast. DeVito. He's oh, he's, he's tremendous. He's, he's great. He's a gem. So, and he was first cast. So, when they were doing all the uh, rehearsals and uh, doing the casting and stuff, he was there. They'd be playing against him. Yeah. Uh, which is it's just phenomenal. I just want to point out at the end. I love the sh- the final shot on Christopher Lloyd's face, where the tube's breaking out, the music's up, the the patients are waking up, and he's like screaming his head off. And then he's slapping his head with kind of elation. Can't see what. And then he just goes, yes. <laughs> and I go, yes. So I just, I just think that's a brilliant. I just think that's a brilliant moment. And that's what you do when you put a He's got a, a wonderfully expressive face, hasn't he? He yeah. has. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So are those, those all your final thoughts, Jace? I think so. Uh, yeah. What about you, Lee? Yeah. I just, that's, that's, yeah, that's it. That's I think, great. I mean, since I've, gone horse just talking <laughs> I, 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 I don't think I have any thoughts of any kind left just that I, I would just say in about 10 years I think you're going to watch it again and yeah. you'll go yeah I think you might talk about it a bit more I might do then yeah that's true it's like I say I, I mean like I said at the start of the episode would I have missed the facts if I hadn't have never seen it mm. probably not but it doesn't it, it doesn't mean that I'm not pleased I have watched it because now now I have now I know. And there are a lot of things just like Stace. I didn't know going in. I didn't really know the story or anything, just that it was a mental hospital. Jack Nicholson, you know, and, and that was a nurse ratchet. 
And I only yeah. really knew a little bit about Nurse Ratched because they did the Netflix series that I didn't watch because I thought it was a bit shit. Um, <laughs> but the costumes and that were fab. Um, mm. But other than that, no, it didn't click with me. But yes, I can. I recognize the performances were superb. And it's, you know, it's making it. Yeah, it's, it's not comfortable. No. I don't want to be one of those. It's the kind of film they don't make anymore. Because, it isn't. But it, I, I think it's a very 70s it's, movie. It's a, sh- it's a film they made a lot of in yeah. the 70s. Just it's a shame smart. that they don't make this sort of film anymore because they could. And they could do a lot of good for a lot of things by telling mm. these sort of stories and doing. Um, because obviously but, this was done showcasing perhaps things that were done then that are obviously not done now, which is why it's harder for us to perhaps watch. Um, I think, I think, yeah, it's, it's a bit different. Yeah. You'd, you'd, you'd have to be a completely different. I mean, certainly if you were sent it, no, it'd be a different. Yeah. You know, this story possibly wouldn't happen. I think maybe the, uh, you know, nurse Reggie will be more sympathetic and yeah. McMurphy will be less sympathetic. Yeah. Um, yeah. You'd, you'd hope this story couldn't happen now in a mental hospital you, you would hope absolutely uh, yeah but certainly i recognize the setup having mm. been in certain courses and meetings and situations where certain people have power you know yeah. certain jobs you know employment areas where certain people have got power that they like to you know yeah. manipulate yeah. people with that you know who, who don't have the power to do that there's there's a there's you know it's certainly kind of like a universal like I say the the thing it's probably least about is mental health mental health yeah absolutely uh, no I do agree that's just something that kind of works it's just you know a scenario that works for this yeah um, I think that's a a, that's that's a good thing about it as well because when I was saying earlier that I was worried about liking it in case it was bad rep it's not really representing anything. Like I say, they're very careful about not saying what everybody has. They're very mm-hmm. careful about not actually really showing any yeah. genuine treatments. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, yeah, but at the same time, it's also really accurate, which mm-hmm. is which is mm-hmm. a weird thing, you know. That like I'm, I'm, I think me and Oxford said that when they first went to the to the hospital, that he was expecting to see people dressed up like Napoleon and strutting around and doing all you know clucking like chickens and all that kind of stuff yeah and if, expecting a lot of very cinematic amusing things to to shoot and to, you know, that's not people tend to just sit on their own and weep a lot yeah. you know yeah yeah it's that's that's what mental health it's it's less about thinking you're napoleon and more just being sad um but but but, but by doing that i think because had they shot it in a studio and not gone to a hospital and not had the first hand experience of what it is it could have been a very different film yeah. i think if they if they shot in, they would have parodied themselves if they had done that and i quite possibly yeah really turned it into a farce more than a it could have been a bit more broad. serious piece than it is yeah yeah which is also very clever about it too mm. um as well that was, if we normally say that was a film we watched, that was one for over the cuckoo's nest. But Lee, you're our uh, our person for, for choice for our next episode. So yeah, uh, next. What are we yeah, watching? Yeah, next next time. Uh, again, a big favourite of mine. And mine. Not, just, again, a bit a, a bit kind of unrepresentative, really. Mm. And this is this is a cult movie rather than a pop. A lot of people listen to this will probably go never heard of that. Huh? 
Um, yeah. we're, we're doing the 1987 straight-to-video Black & Decker cult classic, The Monster Squad. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, which is one of my all-time favourites, so I'm looking forward to... You know, I could probably do that now. We, I don't need to. <laughs> I can... Honestly, if we had the time and if Stace had actually been out, had the time to watch it, because we've both seen it, it's one of my favourites too, I could easily sit here and talk about it. So yeah. no pressure on me then. No! This is a dangerous one. This is mm. one of those films where it could all go hobbly, horribly, horribly wrong. wrong. <laughs> horribly wrong. But, it all hinges on the, this little twat. Flash yeah. forward to... <laughs> To the episode after next, and it's just me and Jenny. Yeah. Well, this was supposed to be Stacey's pick, but she's not talking to us anymore, and we're not talking to her. The thing is, I think we, I think we have said in our chat, in our WhatsApp chat about the Monster Squad. We even before we started this, the pod, we've sort of commented the fact that, like, Stacey and I love the Goonies. Lee is not really a Goonies fan, but loves the Monster Squad. And you, you can say that the Monster Squad really is the Goonies with monsters. Yeah. Well, really. I mean, this is, this is what we could talk about next time. We but, will. Um, and we will. But, but um, yeah, and this is what we'll, I mean. I will be I do plan to rewatch the, the Goonies because I've not seen it since it first came out on video, whenever that was. 80. Yeah. So I've not I've not seen it since then. So we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. I need to watch it again. I might I might come back next time and just go, well, you know what? I enjoyed the fuck out of the Goonies. <laughs> I hope so. That would be I'll great. Be, I'll be very surprised if I do. That would almost but, be a double whammy of an episode, I tell yeah, you. Yeah. It could it could <laughs> it could be a shocker, but we'll see. We'll see. But that is our episode uh our next episode rather the next month uh the monster squad because also it's it'll be spooky season guys it'll be halloween yeah. season anyway we digress <laughs> we were going <laughs> we were going anyway yeah we were Let's, wrapping up we need we to were wrap wrapping up. up we need to do this better guys we need to get going on the bit on the goodbye so it is a goodbye for me thank you for joining us and a goodbye from stacy and a goodbye from lee bye-bye it's been never seen and we'll see you next month Hey everyone, if you'd like to follow Never Seen on the socials, you can find us on both Twitter and Instagram at neverseen underscore pod. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, I'm at angelj5. You can find Stacy on both Twitter and Instagram at Stacy's Parlor. That's Stacy spelt with an E-Y and Parlor with a U-R. And you can find Lee on Twitter at lovelylee underscore G.